This is Nanya, an interview podcast where we get up close and personal with the local entrepreneurs of Vancouver. These self-starters are changing the game of small business, and we get to hear their stories. I will forever be your host, Skylar Dietz, and the following is Nanya Business. That's it. Okay. You all good? Good. Awesome. All right. Well, welcome, everyone, to episode three of Nanya. I am your host, Skylar Dietz, and we have in the studio today the founder of Cali Hair Extension Studio, huge supporter of the Downtown East Side Women's Center and the Aboriginal Mother Center Society of Vancouver. Welcome, Janelle Bell. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So you, you've, you're like a seasoned vet compared to me when it comes to podcasts, right? Oh my God, this is my fourth one. This is your fourth? <laughs> yeah. That's more than me. <laughs> hey, I guess this, it you're is. You're episode yeah. three for me, so wow, you cool. got one up on me. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But I've and I've I've heard one of the, the podcasts that you've already been on. Um, now I can't I can't remember it solely, but it, they kind of each have their own angle, right? Did this? Does is it all very pretty general? Just like you mean each podcast? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, all the ones I've been in. Well, they're all pretty much based around like female entrepreneurs. Uh, kind okay. of the general thing. Yeah. But yeah, all of the hosts kind of have a different background on all of them. Different angle, different yeah. approach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cuz we're cuz like this the point of this one is cuz I'm interested in business and I'm just I'm just coincidentally associated with a lot of people that own small businesses. Yeah. So, um I mean that that's that's kind of what my questions are based off of usually yeah um, have you so you've talked about it so many times you're like well rehearsed you've got <laughs> all the answers i'm sure like already well i think when it's something you live and breathe though like you just i, I always used just to your life exactly right. yeah yeah i used to wonder if people even when you see dragon's den or shark tank i'm like how do they do it they must be so nervous and i think when you're just like living and breathing it though it is just like you have nothing else to talk about <laughs> right really. yeah you, i could ask you some a random question and you'd stumble like stumble probably sooner than you would about your business yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah totally <laughs> that's good um well tell me about cali hair extensions tell us what your company is all about yeah so our thing is basically just trying to like change the stigma a bit about hair extensions they've typically only been well not really marketed but I guess the typical wearer of hair extensions has kind of always been that like glam girl, the like Kardashian type, which actually nowadays with Kanye's influence, the Kardashians are a bit more casual, but <laughs> um, extensions were typically worn by girls in six inch heels that were going out to a club. And, but in reality, that wasn't who was wearing extensions necessarily, right? Like a lot of women who wear extensions are normal women who maybe just have fine hair or for various reasons, but you know, they, like me, I would wear them all the time if I was just, you know, I'd save them for the weekends if it was clip-ins, right. <laughs> but um, I'd wear them just for nights at a pub or whatever. And I always found like there were no companies that were marketing them to a more, to the more everyday girl in a more casual market. It was, so. it was strictly for the, uh, oh, I'm getting a phone call. I don't know who See, that this is. This is the thing about podcasting. <laughs> you just never know what's going <laughs> to pop in. It's right. <laughs> uh, Hopefully that's not a delivery. That's okay. We'll talk to them later. You interrupted my video. Crisis averted. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that wasn't too important. No. <laughs> that's fine. This is most They'll important. They'll call back. Yeah. 
That's right. And so the stigma, it was typically like, yeah, you have to be a glam girl. Yeah, or I think to be comfortable with admitting you wore them, it was just, it was just, I think in general, people just assume that if you're wearing extensions, you are this type of girl. And that's not true. And I feel like there's, uh, there's this huge part of the market uh, of women who just are wearing them just to feel better about themselves. And they don't need to be super long. You can cut them. And like, I, my hair is not super long, but I'm wearing extensions. It's just about, just, it's all about just feeling good about yourself. And that's kind of where, um, I found the business and we can get into this after um, in New Zealand Mm -hmm. and like our sister salon basically. And yeah, I just felt that they had, they have a lot of things right in New Zealand, but I think that I identified a lot with Loxies Mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, there's nothing like this in Vancouver. So you're trying to, you're trying to yeah break down the stigma and make it for the everyday person um, just for any reason. They don't have to be going out. They don't have to be. Exactly. Just about feeling right, feeling yeah, good. Exactly. Whether you're going to get groceries or so you have like our semi permanents in and you have them in all the time or you have clip ins and you've cut them short. They almost match your hair length, but you just like your hair is maybe a little bit fine and you just want to feel a little bit extra special. And their hair extensions, like I, I know, surprise, I don't know much about yeah. them. <laughs> Most guys don't. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but they're, they're becoming you would say they're becoming more popular and like more normalized i don't know if that's the right word to, to say but like more talked about and more common yeah in general. yeah i think like like people will admit sooner like sooner than they used to that they wear them or totally them. okay yeah i think they're a lot more popular they've always been popular really i mean i started wearing but you them. can't talk about them until recently right yeah i feel like maybe like hide it kind of yeah it just maybe it was a little bit less like everyone maybe it's less mainstream i think or maybe it was just like i think there's always going to be that thing where like some people will say if you wear extensions you're fake you know there's always going to be that but Mm -hmm. i think every i I always come from the standpoint of like you just need to do whatever makes you feel good Mm -hmm. and so people could say that about any female-based product right yeah makeup makeup nails lash extensions yeah i don't know skin lotion (laughs) i don't know (laughs) (laughs) for guys it's like i don't know I don't, you know, it's, it's strange. I'm still trying to wrap my head around. I, I know that it'll shift at some point. I think more men have worn makeup in recent days, but not, but probably not the average, like straight white man. The day I see my husband put foundation on, like I, I, yeah, that will be, he's got, he's got, um, (laughs) rich. I've met him. He's, uh, He's got eyelashes. He doesn't need anything. Anyways, yeah, he actually does like... have really good eyelashes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, and brows. I'm like, I always tell him, I'm like, if I could shape your brows, you've got like. Is every dream Instagram brows. post just like no hashtag no makeup for him? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> he's proud terrible. of it. He's terrible with Instagram. He never posts. I'm always like, come on, but, come on, um, show off those lashes, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Um, I think things, it's funny, we're in funny times. I feel like we're in the, like, shallowest times because of Instagram and what everyone, like, these, like, images people want to portray of themselves. But then now there's this shift happening where where the more the natural beauty is being appreciated and no filters. And, and I do think it is, the shift is happening where we appreciate people who are a little bit more real. Yeah. Do you think it's, that's Instagram? That's, yeah. That's the cause? Oh, 100%. think so? Yeah, it's like portraying an image. It's, well, it's the highlight reel, right? Everyone wants right. to portray the best version of themselves online. And, I mean, it's human nature to always... You want people to think highly of you. 
I mean, for the most part, that's mm-hmm. what we all want. Um, but I think now we've been able to curate it so well and only share. That's right. You know, the the best parts and our best angles and. Yeah, so it's it's refreshing, obviously, when you see people who aren't doing that. And do you think that Instagram's a great example to be specific to that platform? Do you feel like people that are becoming like more themselves, or like showcasing more themselves, or more of the raw beauty, or like just natural beauty, or whatever natural features? Do you feel like it's because it's trending that people are like? Are people? Do you feel like people are genuinely? putting themselves out there or just because it's like a popular thing to do is like not wear makeup and take a photo of it yeah i definitely think there's a there's a group of people who do it because they they're capitalizing on the popularity of there's got to be a mix though right i'm yeah, sure of there's course. always the genuine versus but i think it's okay like mm-hmm. i think that that's actually even if people are just doing it to jump on the bandwagon i think it's better than what was happening before of this like you think it perpetuates a good thing yeah i think if that regardless is a trend, of intent yeah mm-hmm. exactly i think that at least that's a little bit more positive than it all just being completely fake mm-hmm. and and that's a part of our thing too is that um, with our hair extensions is the intention of making them look very natural. So we actually don't sell any extensions over 20 inches because beyond 20 inches, which is about like here, beyond that, it's really hard to look after, but it also just doesn't look real. And even though we are selling a product that is fake, right? Um, we have that intention though of really like highlighting someone's own beauty instead of distracting away from it. Yeah. But it is real hair though it is it's human hair it's yeah. from it's ethically sourced and that's another really important thing to us the hair extension industry is actually really it's a really funny one you can imagine it's human hair so you like if you ask a brand i would hope so but it's not always the case right no okay. exactly. tell me about that like <laughs> well actually there are some hair extension lines that have synthetic hair okay. we've had some people bring in clip-ins that because we offer a service where you can bring in your own clip-ins for us to apply in style um and yeah we've seen some that they say they're human hair and i'm like i don't know what human this came from but it's either (laughs) not human hair or it's like horse hair it's like super coarse it's really weird and there's a definitely a dark underbelly to the hair extension industry there's some really interesting articles you can read um actually i think it's the new zealand herald it could be but i think that's what it's called um they did one and Sometimes they're they're a bit biased and they're only like looking at one the, the bad side of the industry. But um, yeah, you definitely need to do your research and know where it's coming from. Because it's not only now I've I've heard your podcast, so I, I know a little bit more information than than my l- listeners will. But there's what it's made of is one thing, and where it's where it's made. Yes, that's another big thing that you're adamant on because you've done loads of research, but you've you've met these people that are make or you've seen where it's made you know where it's made you know what it's made of like tell us about about for your shop and your products where what are they made of like where where do you get them where do you so, get your extensions so i haven't been to the factory myself but the um from from loxies kate jarrett she's She's our wholesaler. Loxies is our wholesaler for our hair. And she's been to the factory. Based in New Zealand. Um, yeah. So yeah. Kate's in New Zealand. but our So our hair is manufactured at a factory in China. Mm-hmm. But the hair itself comes from Mongolian women who sell their hair for money. Okay. So there's, there's a few different ways pe- that these manufacturers or companies get hair. So you can get it. Um, a lot of um, hair manufacturers who get their hair from India get it from temples. So women, it's, I believe it's a part of 
their religion. They sell, they donate their hair to the temple. So they grow it out and then they cut it off and they give it to the temple. And then these temples sell the hair to hair manufacturers. But in that transaction, even though it is, that is an ethical sourcing of it, you're, you're not stealing the hair from anyone. The woman who donates the hair isn't getting the actual financial benefit. The temple is. Right. Which is still still better than... than Stealing, but... Yeah, it's, it's still good. But it's advantageous um, for fewer... Yeah, the woman who grew it isn't getting the benefit of right. her hair. So um, where we get it, the woman is actually getting that like financial benefit of selling it. Um, and then there's the other side, which is um, literally women will get attacked and have their hair cut off. Wow. And it's, yeah, so you have to be really careful. If you talk to someone and they don't know where it comes from, like a lot of hair, not all, but a lot of hair that is from China, there's just a lot of unknowns. Blood hair, essentially. Basically, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah So people scary. are, so that's, so that's a really eye-opening. So I'm, I'm learning a lot when I'm, I'm interviewing these guests yeah. that I've, I've, the underbelly of each industry. Mm-hmm. People, women are being attacked and their hair cut off stolen from them yeah and sold to wherever will pay yeah so they kind of like the flower auctions they'll have hair auctions so more the so if you look at think of like a a shaft of hair all the cuticles on it are almost like like ceiling tile like not ceiling tiles roof tiles okay (laughs) you know how they're kind of stacked on top of each other so all those shingles have to be or when your hair grows out of your head they all grow in the same direction they're kind of like stacked right you know yep so i've seen them panting yeah commercials See? yes exactly exactly <laughs> they, they explain it so well um so what happens is when they cut the hair the most expensive hair is remy hair so that's where when they cut it they keep it together at the top so all the cuticles are facing the same way or oh. like in the correct direction okay what happens if you were to take that cut off ponytail and mix it all up now you've got cuticles all going in different directions which can lead to nodding and matting and the hair just like yeah it'll just be like a hot mess not natural yeah exactly natural way that it's gross yeah Yeah. okay so um more expensive hair is cut from the from the person the donor and then it's kept intact like that and through all the processing and that's called remy yeah and that's like the the good good stuff now um cheaper hair so more affordable hair extensions um they can get it anywhere so um, salons in China will like collect all the hair on the floor. They'll get hair from brushes. Like literally people will go to these hair auctions with just like a bag full of hair from their hairbrush. And they will go, they'll sift through all that hair and the cuticles are in all different directions, but they'll, they'll just like throw it all in these like, like chemical tubs and process all of it and color it and blah, blah, blah. And, and that's what they say. That's, that's what they call real. Because they can, it, they can and it is lay, real. It is technically real, but it's just not the same quality. So right. the cheapest stuff will be kept just like that. They'll color it and then they'll just put it on a weft, which is like the um, kind of the material at the top that ho- of the hair extension that holds it all together. Okay. And it'll just be sold like that, and it's like cheaper. Um, and then the next step above that is where they'll t- actually take the hair strands and they put them in a chemical bath that removes the cuticle. So then there's no cuticle at all and it's just the strand and you won't get that matting and that knotting but the problem is once you remove the cuticle you lose some of the structural integrity of the hair so they're not just they're just not going to last as long and it won't yeah you'll be able they'll just be less quality i guess or a lower quality that's crazy that that it's like that much of a process oh it's crazy i mean (laughs) understandably like the real deal is more expensive and but this seems a whole lot less work i mean i guess it's just it's just that's just capitalism 
Yeah. Really. It's, it can yeah. go, it has, knows no bounds. Yeah. And you'll point. always have that spectrum, right? The cheap versus the affordable, or sorry, the cheap versus the high quality. And then, and the reasons why those, that price difference exists is just because of the manufacturing process. And, and is China, is it China because it just has the greatest supply or like the greatest selection? Yeah, I mean, Chinese, like China? I think it's just the population because yeah. obviously if it's human hair, we need it to be grown. Hair takes a long time to grow, so you need a lot of people to get to meet the demand okay. um, because hair extensions are so popular. Um, but yeah, China and India are the big ones. There's a lot of places that um, I've actually been talking to some like manufacturers just out of doing my own research and trying to understand the whole industry. And yeah, apparently, though, whenever they say it's like European hair, and blah blah blah. This one manufacturer I was talking to, she was like, "There's literally no way to tell," and it's like, it's like a lot of things in our world right now. Even like, is it organic? Is it natural? Is it this? Is it that? It's is like, your hair, is your hair free range? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, do you actually know where any of this stuff comes from? I don't know. Until you do your own research and you actually can go yourself and see it, you don't know where anything comes from. It's so, true. yeah, it's it's just another thing in, in life where when you start to kind of pull back the curtains and look a little bit deeper into it you realize that like whoa this is crazy <laughs> now is that so obviously when you discover these things it's frightening like i'm frightened just knowing yeah. some of this <laughs> stuff right but these aren't necessarily the reasons why you're starting your company right like but do you feel like these are some of the reasons that that keep you going that like make you want to do better and be a better business like stand up for ethical for ethics yeah i think um like does it motivate you <laughs> yeah i think that once you realize that there's so many there's so many other companies in this world that that financially benefit from like unethical practices or um the abuse of people or you know even animal testing like none of the products we carry have animal like um, do any animal testing and I think when you start to realize that you own a business and you have this ability to kind of um, just to be more socially responsible you kind of want to keep growing it and you kind of want to like compete with those like bigger brands who are be doing the, the wrong thing to their Goliath yeah yeah I think that yeah I think it's definitely if anything I think you make a choice when you start a business. Like, am I going to be socially responsible and care or I just, am I just going to chase money? And do you feel that that's a really good point? Do you feel like being socially responsible and caring is easier right at the beginning? Like that's the way you start your business or is it, is it easy enough to like, since you're like super established, maybe you're like a giant corporation and then make a shift, but you have a lot of resources. Do you think it's, just as easy or do you think it's more difficult to shift into like oh now we're ethical now we're i think it would be more difficult to do it like retroactively because i think when you're hiring too you're kind of looking for those people who you're trying to attract people who would care about that stuff as well and i think it's built into your culture right you know like even so it can be learned but it's better to be born with it so totally, to say. totally. I think you see a lot of companies like even Universal Films, for example, there. I, I know like I've seen over the years that they've tried to become more green and like, but I think unless it's a part of your like core identity, I d I'm not saying I don't think it's possible. I just think when you start, if that's a part of your core values, you'll attract people that believe in that as well. And I th it'll be in your culture to care and to 
you you know you're using brands that you know also care about the planet and it's just you this grow kind the of community not just your own business but a community of like-minded totally like you'll attract clients who who do only want to use vegan products right. or so it just kind of like i think it all just like feeds into itself and you just yeah it's just a part of your brand how would you suggest that a big corporation make the shift so say if say if there are a lot of corporate people that that are like okay now we want to move towards this do you think like what was your best what would be your advice for making a, an ethical shift let's call it for a corporation that's normally not necessarily ethical or like green green yeah. i mean i worked at so many film studios in my prior in my career previous to the hair world mm -hmm. um and yeah i feel like if i were to compare some studios that weren't didn't have really like any green initiatives to the ones that were better I think at the end of the day like even small changes it's like the it's it's kind of the same thing with people who want to stop eating meat or they want to eat less meat it's like don't just say you're a vegetarian just start with like lunch on Mondays you know oh, okay. like so I think it's the small steps. steps yeah I think if you try to like overhaul everything it ends up just like a it's really expensive I'm sure for like I mean, I don't have experience with a big company, but I've worked in big companies and I can imagine to like do a huge green overhaul would, it's a great marketing thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. looks great for your, um, if for you're the all of a sudden green, then yeah, I just think it's expensive. Sounds big, nice. <laughs> yeah. Baby steps. I think okay. that's always the key. And I think just at the end of the day, it's one of those things that, um, you always see those there's been some really good posts actually or like these memes floating around of like that person who's like well um like the vegan who's like shouting down to somebody who eats meat but they drive an electric car and it's like well maybe instead of you know hating them because they eat meat applaud the fact that they're doing something they drive an electric car right and it's just like i think applauding any organization or any person who tries to like make these decisions for the like better of society in the world is I mean, I always think that's great. So if they're doing something because yeah. no one person or giant corporation can do everything. No. And we we are in this program called Green Circle. Um, so we they recycle our like foils, all the metal from when we do color treatments um, to the plastics that we use, batteries, like everything. They recycle all of it. All the like extra hair color that we don't use. We like collect it all and we ship it off to them. And it's a great program, but it's expensive. Like we add $2 to everyone's bill for it, but it still doesn't cover the costs of it. So being green, I wish, you know, and I hope in the future it isn't cost prohibitive and it's, it makes more sense to be green. Maybe a tax incentive. Wouldn't that be crazy? That's what, that's <laughs> so funny. That's what our manager, Alyssa was saying. She's like, Hey Trudeau, like where's the like green salon, like tax initiative thing at mm -hmm. like. You know, that would be nice, but you'd think that small business that makes up the majority of business mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and totally like that would it would benefit and perpetuate or promote small business. Totally. Just, yeah. Vancouver alone then specifically is probably even a, a bigger demon to overcome as well in the small yeah. business world. Do you feel like transparency is really important when in promoting the the ethics of a company especially yours because i know that you you proudly put it on your website and you talk about it all the time i mean this is your fourth podcast i'm <laughs> sure <laughs> every time you've said something about it yeah so that's like, like you said from the get 
you've brought it up and you've been transparent about where you're getting your materials and how you're dealing with it. And do you feel like transparency is really important to let to um to building that culture? Yeah, totally. I think that um, spreading the word about it and educating customers is the first step to hopefully like at some point, maybe you'd have an impact on making a change to to cutting out these um, either like manufacturers or um, even businesses that are buying blood hair, if we're yeah. going to call it that. I'm going to call but it blood hair from now on because cause all, of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden people, if you honestly, it's a great marketing <laughs> tool. It's just like anti blood hair right yeah. i think oh yeah. man i gotta <laughs> start a different page on all these like the underbelly that's gotta be a di- whole different podcast i think yeah, like i'm, I'm focusing on business but now it's gonna be like the underbelly of the dark each, side the yeah. dark side of every business that i because i've because so i've interviewed uh my girlfriend Alyssa. you learned about how how ridiculous it is to fly yeah. flowers across the world yeah, for like insane. a single cotton ball yeah and then so but you might you wouldn't have heard um my second guest jonathan he deals with wastewater, and so he has a product that basically reduces wastewater and like so much infrastructure by like ninety percent. Like he, it's wow. and like how they do it right these days and traditionally, like it's it's insane. It is like a dark side of of just like sewage or or, or gray water or anything like that. It's that's a yeah. whole separate show. Yeah, but it's all about education, right? Because it's I true. think if if as consumers we can make educated informed decisions, that because we have the buying power at the end of the day. And I think yeah, just allowing giving people the knowledge of like, hey, this is how it is in this industry. You can choose to support these brands or you can choose to support a brand that you know is ethical and you know cares about the products they're producing and what they're what they're supporting because at the end of the day a business is also supporting another business mm-hmm. right we we get all our products from wholesalers and we have a choice to support who we want to support so it's about like having that kind of go down the chain to the end point which is a consumer and being like you can choose us you can choose someone else but even if you don't choose us i hope that you choose someone else who's ethical mm-hmm. as well because i know that history has told us that we're more interested in cheap and convenient yep i'd feel i'm starting to feel the shift i'm shifting myself you feel that as well yeah yeah, completely and obviously in your brand but i think it's i think it's shifting just about everywhere like obviously hot topics being climate change oil production electric cars all these things so on a bigger scale but i'm i've been intrigued in just three three episodes how these day-to-day just like small normal looking businesses that don't get any any attention on a global scale how ethically unsound they are you'd think like oh a flower shop is just green all around it's just plants mm-hmm. you'd think hair extension studios okay well maybe there's like they deal with some chemicals that aren't yeah. great for the world but we don't think about yeah blood hair i keep coming back we don't think about hair being stolen off of someone's head and 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 being so like of course that's a thing yeah unfortunately but it it, it's just eye-opening and i'm i'm like i would definitely now that i know that i'm just like oh shit like have you been to cali they (laughs) or next time someone's like i'm wearing clip-ins you're gonna be like do you know where those came from i'm gonna look at i'm gonna judge that person harshly it's like have you done your research exactly yeah 
Okay, that's it's. I'm. Yeah, I might have to write a write a post about that. Should. I'll, I'll send you the article. Please do. It's really, there's some really good. Like, I do want people to know too. about this. Like, that's that's some messed up stuff. Yeah, Kate, the owner of Loxies, she actually, when she had gone to China to like tour some different factories, I, th- I think it was before she had chosen like the manufacturer we have now. Um, but she said she's like, I went to some factories where like there were just ponytails hanging all over the walls with like mud. And like, like they're literally no. like hair chopped off people from villages. Like you could just tell there was like chunk. There were like sticks in the ponies. Like she just oh. said it was like crazy. And then you go to some factories where, um, like you know that the employees are being looked after. It's safe, like a work environment. It's you know people are getting breaks. It's not. It's you. Know, it's not that like crazy, either. Like really unsafe work environment or just like unsafe working conditions in terms of like getting no breaks and stuff like she said they that don't have to pick one <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one good condition <laughs> yeah okay but yeah so she said this factory is is she was like it was like the, going to the apple store compared to like a shack wow like, okay good so, and that's yeah. where you get your products from yes yeah. yeah i love that good good i hope everyone does their research about hair because that's it's frightening i don't know anything about it until now and it's yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I want, so that's kind of leads me into like how your products are changing the game. I kind of understand now how that changes the game. It's 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 based in ethics. Do you feel like so the ethics side of it, but also normalizing it? That's kind of your angle. Like both of those combined. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, I think it was just I wanted to create a hair salon that you walked into and felt welcome uh it's a versus versus that intimidating environment that exists in a lot of salons especially in vancouver but i think in all major cities um there can be this very like pretentious aspect to a hair salon which is really weird because everyone's in there like if you're going in you're spending your money you're a client why should you ever feel intimidated but a lot of salons have this like cool kid factor to them it's you a know. click when you walk in. A little bit, yeah. It's like, okay. oh, you go here, and it's like you walk in, and it's like the devil wears Prada. You just feel like, ugh, like, why don't I feel welcome? And I wanted to cut all that out and just create a space that people walked in and is intended to feel like California, like bright and sunny, even on a day like today where it's absolutely like, torrential <laughs> downpour. Um, you walked in, and you felt like you were somewhere else, and that's what we wanted to create and i think that's how it feels when you walk into cali i've been there and it's it is quite warm it's warm colors it's mm-hmm. bright it's yeah you got the windows your entire front wall is window right yeah yeah it's beautiful in there yeah and so yeah i mean i've i've been to very few hair salons yeah. <laughs> but i can understand how yeah if it was like a certain caliber of of hair salon that do you do you feel like they would probably feed off of that just like the clickiness of their clientele or yeah i think perpetuates their business but in the wrong way yeah there's this really funny thing and actually um i'm not going to name names of anywhere obviously but it's already in my head but yeah, you they go are ahead. <laughs> local to vancouver okay. um but there are there's a very very famous um hair extension place in the city and there's another there's this other salon and um i've just been told by people that um a girl i know was interviewed by this said hair extension store and in the interview the main thing they talked about was money attracts money 
So you have to look expensive, wow. dress expensive, and like act expensive. And I'm just like, what? It's like it's like you don't. It's that it's that fake thing, like that Instagram thing too. It's like maybe you don't have any money, but you better look like you do because then people are gonna walk and come here and spend their money. And that to me is just such bullshit. I'm like, mm -hmm. I can't even, I can't even deal with places <laughs> like that. And if that those are your core values, like I'm sorry, like I do not, I don't wish success on businesses like that because. At the end of the day, it's like it's about people and it's about your customers, not money attracts money. And that's the main thing you're hiring for. Like, that's crazy. And obviously it works great. And like as far as a capitalist model goes. Yeah. You know, you correct. You will get more money. But that's you, you're saying that's it. That's all you'll get. Well, it's just I think. But I think maybe not even over the long term because people. I think it's short sighted. Right. Yeah. Because it doesn't create an emotional connection exactly. like you're talking about when you walk into your studio it's bright and you're, you're almost transported and you feel welcome and that you you create a bond even if if it's not with the people i'm sure that your staff are, are just the same welcoming but at least when you're in there you feel like you want to be there yeah you and feel you, good there's no pressure there's no stigma that's that's the big difference and you think that will outlast any sort of money grabbing. Yeah, I just think all that that money stuff, it's so surface level and like mm -hmm. exactly what you just said about like the emotional connection you'd have with something. I think if you feel, if you just go in and you're like, oh, okay, well, if I have these, I'm going to be this type of person. I want them. And then that's it. Like the next time, say two years from now, when you go to get extensions again, you're just going to be looking for the next thing instead of like feeling like you're you connected to that brand. It's more transactional, less experiential yeah exactly so i think that's that's another thing that differentiates us is that trying to create that experience for people where not only like are they happy when they're there and stuff but it's a whole experience and like they genuinely feel better when they leave not on, only on the outside because they obviously look different maybe they've had their hair even we don't even we don't just do extensions too we do color and everything right um but they've felt pampered and they've had their hair done they feel fresh they feel good but also they feel happy because they had a good time and that to me is like the most important thing yeah and yeah. i imagine that you instill a lot of those values you look for that in when you hire your staff as well yes and yeah. how many staff do you have right now one? we have three and then so i have two stylists and then our manager Alyssa, and then we have um, a new stylist starting um, mid-january okay. which is really exciting but Alyssa is our manager and she is when i was thinking of our brand she is the brand to me in terms of like she epitomizes it yeah she is the happiest most friendly warm person you will ever meet in your life and as soon as you walk in the door even when she answers the phone like i sometimes answer the phone and i'm like oh my god i need to be more like Alyssa. like uh. <laughs> um, i just don't have that like i'm just a little bit more like subdued than her and like i but i try to like emulate her all the time because i'm like oh she's just a ray of sunshine and anyone who deals with her knows her would agree a thousand times you just have to like pop in one day and yeah. she'll be like hi and like she's <laughs> just like, like the I best feel better about myself already <laughs> you 100 percent do when you're around <laughs> Alyssa. like she's the best so yeah i definitely hired with that intention like i want people who give off um friendly vibes and who are team oriented and who make people feel good do you feel that i'm like just person to person like i you can usually tell pretty damn quickly like if they're that type of person mm -hmm. right just in a, a greeting how quickly you don't have to say but do you how quickly do you hire based off of like 
those vibes or like do you dig deeper um do you make all your you know your reference checks or is it more or is it more based on like how like the the first impression just vibe from a person first thing i check is social media Mm -hmm. um if you're applying to be a stylist um and you don't have a social media account that shows your hair to me it's just a little bit of a red flag because i'm like why don't you want to showcase your work ah so (laughs) if you're doing it as a job to make money you're not going to care to showcase your work as much because it's not really something you're passionate about. I think if you're passionate about something, you will naturally want to post about it because you love it. Whereas someone who's just doing it because it's a job, they just don't really care. And so I definitely look for that. I look for someone who has, even if they have 20 followers, I don't care. It's more about how much effort are you putting into what you're, what, what you've created. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing I check social media and then I'll meet them. But like you, like you're just saying, like, First impression is everything I know usually within like two minutes. Yeah. If I, I just go by my gut, but I always, I do always check references mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. just because Cause you can fake it for two minutes, right? Absolutely. And right. you could be wrong or like, yeah, you just, you have to do your due diligence because I always come from, from the standpoint of whatever I don't check will come bite me in the ass. Right. So I always do all the, like, I always do all my due diligence on everything. And then that way I know for sure that I did everything on my part. And then if something comes back to like, to get me, I'm like, well, well you deal with it then. Yeah. I right. try Like you, I just could never hire someone and not check the references and then just be like, oh, right. Oops. You'd be a bad, you'd be a bad boss. Yeah. <laughs> <For> <laughs> you'd be like, well, did you try Did you ask if, it was, if you said no? It's always that thing where if down the line, if someone asks you that question, if you like, right. you, know, you have to be able to have your own back because yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's just silly. If well, you your make car mistakes. breaks down and your mechanic says, oh, there's no oil in it. And they ask you, did you check your oil? <laughs> My answer on that one would have always been no. Oh, okay. <laughs> but luckily, poor, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Poor God. reference. Poor reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and tell us about Cali because I'm, I'm actually really intrigued by, by your branding and the name itself. You, you, share, um, you share this very often. But tell the folks of Vancouver, like what? Cali means means to you like the significance mm-hmm. of, of your own personal story but also like how you link it into the brand and and um and the store yeah so um we're trying to come up with a name it's actually really hard to name a business like I'm <laughs> sure you've been there but it's it's tough because you want it to be meaningful but you also want it to be something that like a that the market can understand and like you know so it's tough it's tough to come up with something and the names that i was originally thinking of like were so bad like tell I us some of the first oh my god no i actually like don't even remember because like <laughs> I don't like i don't one. even No, i one think one. one i was like tress and i told tress tress like it's so bad like tresses of hair and rich was like that is so bad <laughs> i, I would have yeah no it's so bad but you know you get desperate when you can't think of anything <laughs> so bad anyways so it so, was gonna be trash no it wasn't it was never gonna be trash <laughs> that was just a name rich my husband was like that it's terrible so you need you need someone with you when you're naming oh you need like a committee seriously it's <laughs> like, yeah so trash went to the trash yeah that okay. one was gone very quickly okay. and actually the the i'll tell the story quickly but what happened is, um, so my great-great-grandmother was um, Mi'kmaq, which is a native, um, I don't know what word to use, but of, she's of native ancestry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from New- My parents are from Newfoundland. Okay. So my great-great-grandmother was indigenous, and her, um, she is from like the Mi'k- Mi'kmaq. It's, it's pronounced, it looks like Mi'kmaq, but it's pronounced Mi'kmaq. Mm-hmm. Um, 
ancestry, I guess is the best way to describe that. Mm -hmm. But um, anyways, she, um, so I only found this out in my early 20s. So when I was in my early 20s and I found this out, I found out that there were like all these indigenous or like aboriginal um, grant programs through the Canadian government. So I always wanted to start my own business because I was like, oh, this is like such a gift that I can even do this. So once I actually got to the point where I found this business and I was like, hey, I'm going to do this, um, I had to have something involved with the business that like was paid respects back to that part of like my heritage because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't even have my business. Like there's no way I would have been able to do this. So that gave you basically not gave you, but inspired your opportunity. Totally. Right. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I I wouldn't have the money to start my business without this. So it was pretty like, you do have to have your own capital to get your business, like to get the grants and stuff, but, and you have to have like a viable business. It's, it's very complicated to get the actual grant. So the fact that I got it is a miracle. Um, but I couldn't have got it without this like ancestry that I have. So I always wanted to pay respects to that. So my Rich had sent me a picture of a dog on Instagram, as you do between Classic. couples yep. sending each other sense. dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dog's name was Muin. And he was like, Oh wow, look, he's like it's like this dog's name is Muin and that it's Migma for in the Migma language for bear. And I was like, oh, that's cute. And then he was like, well, why don't we try to find a Mi'kma word that will maybe like work for this lawn? And I was like, oh, that's a good idea, actually, because we're like I said, we we're in the deep end of trying to figure out this name. Right. So I start looking at Mi'kma words and like they were wild. Like <laughs> it was like Mewin was the only word that was like half pronounceable. Like right. they're very complicated. You, also you know, have like to make it so people can pronounce it and yeah like understand and like it. have some sort of like meaning because like they were like a lot of like indigenous language. It's like complex Mm -hmm. so anyways long story short i ended up getting an email from like because i'm a part of the band which is like the i guess like the um organizational kind of like not a committee but it's like a managing um body for a certain like area in canada of different like aboriginal or indigenous communities Mm -hmm. so my band in newfoundland is halapu migma so halapu means caribou um, but it's it looks like Kalapu. So I got an email from them and I literally looked at my phone and I saw the first four letters of Kalapu, which was Q-A-L-I. And it right. just, it literally like jumped out of my phone at me. And I was like, Kali. And I'm like, that is like perfect because apparently K sounds are actually the best for brand names. I don't know if you knew that. Really? This. No, like tell me about Coca-Cola. that. Coca-Cola. Like okay, anything yeah, with cuz, and that's why Spanx, like, you know, Spanx, the like undergarment. Oh, very, com- yeah. Do you know? Oh, I know them. Yeah. yeah. Sarah Blakely. Yes. Um, big fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that's why she co- chose Spanx because anything with cuz sounds are apparently stronger. Like people have a stronger like association I've to never it as a heard brand. That. Yeah. I did not know it's that. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. So um, it worked with the cuz. Yeah. And I was like, Cali. And then obviously um, I've always loved California. I've always wanted to live there. It's why I got into the film industry was because I loved Hollywood and, um, yeah, it was just, it, it totally inspired the look of the salon in, in the end. I mean, the name was chosen before the design was done, but um, just that like how Cal- we wanted it to feel like California. And then the actual look of hair that we specialize in is that California beach girl, right. like hair, like the beach babe. So but that was before you even thought of the name. Right? Well, th- yeah, we knew like the look of the hair and stuff was this like California girl look. But the fact that like Cali came into it's just, it's just it's so perfect. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And then we trademarked it and the trademark got approved la- in the summer. Amazing. So we own that word in Canada. That's so good. Yeah. We just need to do it for the States now. So, wow. Yeah. Congrats on that. That's Thanks. cool. Yeah. And I really, I really do enjoy that story because I feel like 
there i feel that there's so many great stories behind business names like yeah. you said like if people spend a lot of time like there's companies that you call to give you a business name like it's a it's a lucrative business in itself yeah, naming yeah. a business i know yeah that's incredible though that you had like it's homage to your heritage yep and it's like related directly to the style that you're going for mm -hmm. and it's something that you're obsessed with mm -hmm. already yeah it's crazy i love that so much yeah it's this funny how cool. life does that like i don't know it just yeah. yeah and it just popped up in your phone and you're like yeah i got me that email i still remember i was standing it's in new zealand but yeah <laughs> I love it's it. funny yeah and and why hair extensions I, I i usually ask this to people that i'm not sure are you would you say that you're a business person or would you say that you're a hair person Oh, that's a good question. Um, I th I've always been a beauty person. Okay. So my whole life, since I was a teenager, I always did my mom's hair. I was the unofficial hairdresser to my girlfriends, the unofficial makeup artist. Like, I've always done it. That's just always been my thing. I've loved doing it. I, I love making people feel good. Like, that's just my favorite thing. I love doing my girlfriend's hair. And they're like, oh, it looks so good. And, like, they look so good. And I'm like, yeah, you look amazing. Like, <laughs> I love that stuff. I yeah. just always have. Um, so... Uh, but I've always been obsessed with It's really hard to say, actually, because I've always been obsessed with business. I've watched Dragon's Den since they came out. <laughs> yeah. Shark Tank. It's all, I mean, the only things on my PVR is like Star Dragon's Den, Shark Tank, and Keeping Up with the Kardashians. But we can talk. <laughs> That's my secret one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've, it's the only show like my husband and I pretty much watch yeah. are like those two, Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. And I just love business. I love entrepreneurs. I love business ideas. The only podcasts I listen to are business related. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think it's just an interest of mine. So I think that um, I'd say, though, I am more of like a business person. I'm not a hairstylist. I, you know, I, I love the beauty industry and I love making people feel good. But I, yeah, I love working on a business more. Yeah. And so you just fuse the two together. Yeah. And it was, and you said you were interested in in starting a business for a long time. Mm -hmm. Was do you remember there? Was there was there a moment? Was it just always something in the back of your mind, or was there a moment in your life where you thought, "I'd like to do that"? Like regardless of what it was in, do you remember? Do you recall a time when there was just like, you know what, that sounds fun, or I would love to do that, or I'd be good at that? Yeah, I've always been fascinated with like really successful people. Like, and I think a lot of people are like that. Like, I love driving around i used to love driving around edmonton we're both from edmonton now. that's right yeah um i used to love driving around around the river valley and looking at the, man the mansions and i'd be like oh i just want to like ask all these people what they do for a living and i've always been attracted to success i've always wanted to be like that person who always flies first class i've always wanted like you know and it's not about money to me it's just i've just loved just successful people I'm intrigued just, by it yeah i think yeah. it's really interesting and i've always been like that and so my girlfriend and i randomly got invited to this party like this is way back but um at the shangri-la and it was on like the 52nd floor of <laughs> yeah someone's <laughs> house like someone's apartment and we get up there and like you know we're just mingling around. i think it was like a canada day party or something and we're mingling around and every single person i talked to owned some sort of business in vancouver okay and it started to like make it's i mean i knew this before but it started i started to realize in my early 20s too if i ever wanted a life where that had no ceiling and like who knew what could happen who knew how successful you could be who knew 
the places you could travel and just like all these like the unknown really excites me I don't like comfort I hate like I get really bored of like just knowing what's gonna happen right um I just yeah as I was going around that party and stuff I was like I, I, or even I met a girl at a coffee shop and she had owned a dog groomer place and in, in Yelltown and stuff. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool that she like owns her own business. And yeah, I think I just always admired business owners, um, before like entrepreneur was like the cool word that like, you know, like I just, yeah. When I went around that party that night, I was like, you liked it before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. But you Noted. know, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I just really admired business owners. And so I thought, wow, if I could own a business, that would be really cool. And now that you do, you've been operating for a couple of years now, right? Wow. Well, we opened in August. Right. Um, I guess the studio opened. Yeah. So I actually only launched the online store in March. So it hasn't oh, even been a year. Wow. Yeah. We did, all the, we, launched, we did all the branding last winter. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend did the logo and the initial branding and then we had the, we did the website in kind of January, February, launched the site in March and then we opened the salon in August. Okay. So I got it's it. all very new. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's good. And do you feel like now that you're this far, do you ever think you could go back to a job or you, you, you think entrepreneur for life? Um, on the bad days. <laughs> I have frequently said to I've said to my husband more than once like why did I do this like because I mean I had a good career and it like film pays well you know like it was good um and yeah I, on my bad days I'm like why did I do this this is so stressful like because it's hard like there is no sugarcoating it it is not easy because there's there's so much financial pressure on making payroll, making your rent. And it's just this like crazy Every single thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's this crazy roller coaster. Um, but when it's good and when you realize like the positive impact, you're not only like having on like even just your like employees, like if they're, cause like you have created a place for them to work and flourish hopefully. Um, but the impact that we get to have on like our clients and cause we Cali is something different in the market in Vancouver. We're the first like, we're, we're way more affordable than most hair extension salons in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is something different. And when I get comments from clients, like uh, one of our clients the other day just said to me, cause she had, she had a different method of hair extensions and she came to Cali and got ours. And she's like, thank you for, for opening this place she's and like, stuff like that. Right. That's when you're like, wow, that worth this it. is cool. This is worth it. But yeah. So to answer your question, my long answer, um, no, I could not go back to a job. <laughs> but the great thing about film is that it's so contract based that I always know. And the reason why I was comfortable with leaving is if like shit hits the fan, you could go. Back. I could go back tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that is I'm very grateful that I left a career that ha- like where I can do that. Mm-hmm. I get that. That, Yeah. I've 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 considered I've I've jumped back and forth between that, too. Right. Because I've I've attempted um, a little bit of entrepreneurship and it's it's you know, it's been you know, usually contract based, um, but also work has been contract based too as a as an employee. So, I'm I'm still trying to figure that out. Which you know, I'm more concerned about like what's interesting and what what I'm passionate about. Yeah. And so I feel like it won't really matter if it's working for myself or someone else. Um, 
but we'll see. I told myself I would never go back, but I think it's just because I didn't like my old boss. That's all. <laughs> yeah, there, and that's the thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with working for someone else because there's a lot of amazing people out there that have awesome jobs. Like, I mean, I don't know if I could, if I had to go back to work and I could find like a cool small studio where I could be more involved with like management and stuff, I would have no problem working for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just, like you said, like, being in being at least in a field that you're interested in and, and that fuels you and doing your own things on the side can be just as fulfilling as having your whole business because having a job with financial stability is not something to be taken lightly no. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of nice to have that so that is nice to have your bills paid for yeah yeah because yeah. then you don't yeah like you said there's so much pressure like financial is probably the biggest pressure that you 100%. feel as a business owner right? yeah it's very distracting actually it distracts you from being able to fully like the amount of time right now I'm it's our our year end was November 30th so I'm having to do a whole bunch of stuff for accounting and like I'm not an accountant <laughs> I could never I actually applaud accountants out there because it is it's hard it's a lot and I'm just work. not into it so that's, I struggle yes, I would uh, I would opt for giving that work to someone else yes <laughs> so that's exactly can. what I've done <laughs> okay, but there, you have to do a certain bit of stuff but like mm-hmm. yeah it's it's crazy but you feel like definitely it's it's worth it and it's rewarding because you said it's it's changing people's lives it really is like these ladies that are coming in and, and saying like thank you for doing this yeah we I got a card last week actually from a client who she's um she's in her early 20s and she has a um a rare I think it's like an anxiety disorder where when she feels anxious she pulls her hair out Mm -hmm. and she has only been to the hair salon she had gotten in touch with me over Instagram and said she'd only been in um had only been in a salon like she was I think like 10 times in 15 years or something she's just so uncomfortable with getting her hair done so she came across her Instagram I think that's what happened and then she just thought it looked nice and she wanted to get some clip-in extensions for a wedding she was going to but she was really nervous and she just, you know, she just wanted to tell, tell me everything and like put it all out there. And I was like, Hey, listen, I, I made sure when I booked her appointment that like the stylist who saw her was the only one that in that day. So she had the salon basically to herself so oh. she could ha- feel like really comfortable. Wow. And she ended up giving us or writing me a card last week. Um, just saying that she'd never felt more comfortable and she's never loved her hair more. And her hair is actually growing back. Wow. Yeah, wow. and it's like all this crazy stuff and it was all just because this environment that like, you know, we've created that makes people feel comfortable and that is the most rewarding thing. Janelle Bell, entrepreneur, stylist and healer. Apparently. I am a healer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's, Who knew? That's a great story. It is. It actually is like so touching. Alyssa and I were crying in the back when yeah. we were reading the card cuz we were like, wow, this is incredible. That's beautiful. Yeah. And and because but you're also changing the industry and the world in in the sense of ethically sourced hair just that alone like it changes it, it's on a local scale and a global scale yeah and i i do plan to go to china i'm hoping um at some point visit directly yeah like i want to do what kate did um and i know kate might listen to this and be like why are you going to china it's not <laughs> <laughs> you know but um yeah i i just want to know firsthand as well i don't feel right like just leaving these things and and up in the air and just being like well someone else went saw like i need to know for sure for myself i want to see where this hair comes from i don't know i just i don't feel right about um never like like not seeing things firsthand Mm -hmm. you know i just believing yeah i would just hate that same thing before and i was saying about doing your due diligence i would hate to be called out by someone and be like well you didn't go 
Yeah. So do you, do you know for like, sure? And you're sure. like, mm, I relied on, like, I trust Kate a thousand percent, but still at the end of the day, like you need to like look after yourself and like, you know, act in your business's best interests and, um, yeah. And the client's best interest at the end of the day. Cause I don't feel right saying, oh yeah, this is how we, this is how we do things or we're so ethical. And then and you're, you're not. feeling, you're probably feeling more and more obligated to go there the more you're doing it. Cause some people might ask you <laughs> like me, well, have you been there yet? And you're like, no, Shit, no. And it's like, why not? Right. Like get on a plane, go to China. Do you know sometimes it's cheaper because we're from Edmonton? You probably already know this. It's cheaper to fly to China some days than it is to Edmonton. A hundred percent. Oh my god! I think well, it was technically Japan <laughs> that I was looking up, but it was, it was cheaper. Six hundred bucks to fly to Tokyo. Oh and it was six hundred bucks to fly to Edmonton to, <laughs> to go see mom and dad, and I was like, mm. yeah, it's like I wonder where I'm gonna go. No offense. <laughs> So there's there's less there's less excuse one less excuse for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure, but yeah, but you 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 plan to go anyway. So yeah, I don't know great. when. I'm hoping next year sometime. Yeah. We'll see. Well, but. you just had your year end, so yeah, yeah. And yeah. and tell us about be like more specific about the products because I know that your method of of hair extensions, like putting them in, is is relatively uncommon. Yeah, I mean, there's a few different variations on the same method, but I know the way we do it. I have not seen anyone else in Vancouver do it the same way we do it. Um, actually, Kate, founder of Loxy, she um, she did a hair extension course in Australia, and then um, she put her own twist on the method. So that's why it's not seen anywhere else. Right. Um, so, and she trained me. I actually trained at Loxy's in the method when I was working in New Zealand. Um, and yeah, so it uses no heat, no glue. Um, no braiding so it's a lot gentler on your hair mm -hmm. it allows your scalp to breathe which is really important um yeah because anything with adhesives i mean i've been wearing extensions since i was 18 i used to glue them to my head i used to, i've tried like pretty much every method um and yeah anytime you put glue in your hair it is it's just not pretty right it's not good for your hair glue and hair scalp right yeah i mean <laughs> yeah, when you put it that way, <laughs> they don't go. I don't know. <laughs> so, so you don't use glue. You don't use. Um, it, so, what what is your method? Yeah, so we. I mean, I'm gonna pretend like I know this stuff. No, <laughs> it's it's called a micro weft. Okay. Um, people who are well versed in extensions would know what that means. Okay. Basically, we keep the weft intact at the top of the hair. Remember, I was telling you how when they manufacture them, they kind of like sew it at the That's top. What it's called, yeah. So we keep the weft intact, and then we actually use that weft as like an attachment anchor to kind of hold to. We feed through the weft and then we secure it with these little um, copper rings that we clamp on. They have silicone inside of them, which grips onto your hair. Mm -hmm. um, but every time you get maintenance every five to seven weeks. And then when you get that maintenance, we actually take out the extensions and we reattach it on new hair so that your actual strand, like natural hair strands, aren't getting as stressed because we're not putting out the same hair every time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, it's way gentler. It's faster, and that's what cuts down on the cost. Wow. You're not in this. A lot of methods can take like six to eight hours. Like I'm sorry, who has time to sit in the salon <laughs> for six to eight hours? Like I would just never do that. Yeah. Um. So you know, you can get a full head in less than two hours. Wow. And okay. um, we can do your maintenance in 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes, just depending. And that's every five to seven weeks. And we've done our pricing to basically match like what you'd spend on nails every seven weeks kind of thing so right. it's more affordable overall in general so 
Yeah, it's good. That's brilliant. So, like cutting that time, that's probably like one of the biggest selling features I'd imagine just because, yeah, like you said, who's got eight hours? Yeah, and when you apply extensions with glue or any adhesives, if you need to change the positioning for any reason, like say you put them in and the client's like, ooh, that's a little bit like... It'd be extremely tough. Yeah, you've got to remove it. You've got to clean that hair. Then you have to put them back in. It's just, it takes hours. It's just so time consuming. Like, right. yeah, I think with beauty stuff, like I love beauty stuff, but I also hate appointments. I hate long appointments. So I'm just like the faster, the better, as long as it's good quality. And like, and, and our hair in general is the most amazing quality. So our price points are better because we're not, we don't have you in the chair for as many hours, but like the quality of the hair is, is insanely like premium. So why doesn't everyone go to your store? Well, they should. <laughs> they, they should, just need right? to Come on down to Chinatown. Yeah, that's brilliant. I, yeah. I, I mean, that's marketing, right? You're just, you're getting there. You're hoping yeah, that's, we, the, uh, that's yeah. the point. We've been doing wedding shows, yeah. um, wedding shows, uh, markets, like pop-ups. We've been doing it all. And then we just, we just do old school, hit the ground running with coupons. Yeah. And it actually is so nice to get out in the community and meet people and, and it works. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's good. And what, um, tell us about your, your, your company yourself. I think you have a personal connection to this, but also your company is, is heavily invested in the philanthropy of the downtown East side. Mm -hmm. Um, tell us about how your involvement with, with the, I think, I don't know if they're charities or, or organizations that, um, that help with the, the <laughs> unfortunate circumstances of some of the people in downtown East side, Vancouver. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say heavily invested yet. Okay. That's our objective. Right. Um, but it's a huge part, again, of our like kind of core values and our mission. Um, again, going back to the like my indigenous heritage, I wanted to make sure that, again, if I was opening this business, that I was giving back to that community in some capacity. Uh, so I one of the organizations that um, I realize is pretty remarkable and I've now since visited and s seen what they've done is the um, Aboriginal Mother Center, the downtown east side. Uh, well, it's not in the downtown east side, actually. It's East Van, okay. technically. But it's like a part of that. Still, they support um, transient people in the downtown east side. Right. Um, and so it's just such a cool organization. In the lower portion, they have like a donor center so you can donate stuff. And then they just have like a free shop where any like transient person can go in and they can just pick clothes and stuff for free which is amazing both men and women can go there and then upstairs they have 16 rooms where um, mothers who are battling anything from like addiction to maybe they're just homeless because of certain circumstances um, they have to be indigenous but they can stay there for um, 18 months I believe it's 18 months wow. um, and so once they check in I think they can check in too, even if they're pregnant, maybe. Um, once they check in, though, the the program to figure out a way for them to check out starts. So, um, like I said, they can stay there for 18 months. Basically, they check in, and then they it's a really a community of women who help them. Um, most of them are single. They do have families in there as well. But, um, you know, there's a lot of single mothers who are battling all different types of um tough circumstances and this like community of women will support them rehabilitate them and then find a way for them to be back on their feet after the 18 months so, so not just pumping them out they're actually like planning an exit 100%. strategy for them yeah and they do really cool stuff like um like teaching them how to use their own skills to get jobs uh, maybe even like doing 
indigenous art to sell online, which is like a really cool new thing that they were kind of just like starting when I was, when I went for my visit. Um, But yeah, it's a really great organization that like they genuinely care and like they actually do like work that you can see the difference. Like, because what happens a lot of times is the mother will go and to deliver at BC Women's Hospital. And if she has any sort of criminal record or like, you know, she's been in for into any facility for whatever reason, whether it's addiction or she's been in trouble with the law, um, she'll be flagged and a social worker will likely try to take that baby away. Okay. And they there's actually like known um, there's actual statistics that a baby who stays with their mother is more likely to be successful and not deal with the same issues in its life than a baby who's separated from its mother and put into foster care. Right. So the stuff that they do at that, they basically fight to have the baby and mother kept together and then help rehabilitate them like together mm-hmm. at the mother's center. And it's amazing what they do. So we held an event called a sip in style where you buy tickets to the event. Um, and we're going to keep doing this. We've just only had one so far. We're going to do another one in January. So you buy tickets to the event and you actually learn how to do whatever style the theme is of that night. You get learn to style your own hair. Oh, it's kind of fun. We yeah. have like, I think the next one we're going to do is like a brunch style. So it's going to be like mimosas. And we have like amazing, Alyssa does like insane charcuterie boards. They're <laughs> so good. Um, she did it for the grand opening. I remember that yeah. charcuterie board. <laughs> no one will forget that I, charcuterie I didn't board. leave it. I yeah. was there the whole time. I didn't know anyone there. That's probably why. But <laughs> no, it was great charcuterie. <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, so Alyssa will do a cool spread. And then we sell the tickets for $20. Um, pretty much half of it goes to, you know, um, getting the drinks or whatever and the charcuterie and setting it all up. And then w- any scent we have left over goes directly to um, the mother center. Or, you know, we've talked about um, even the downtown Eastside women's center, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. So that, you know, we are directly impacting the community around us because yeah. we're in it, you know, we're three blocks from Maine and Hastings, which that's where know, we see it every day. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have to thank you again because you donated to a cause that I was involved with for yeah. the downtown east side, um, the east side boxing club. Yeah. Um, did yeah, you they, do the fight? Yeah, I, I did. How did it go? I mean, I technically lost. Oh, no. In, in split, split decision. Right. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, man, you, you totally would have won that fight. I don't know. It, it was close. It was very close. I, I had a blast. It didn't matter. You did it. I was, yeah, I did it. Um, it makes me hungry to do it again because yeah. I have to win now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so you donated the cause for people that don't know. It was, um, it was after school programs for kids in the downtown east side yeah. to have a place to go and to, to exercise and 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 be safe and and feel welcome and empowered. And so, and I've been I was been to one of these classes and it's it's interesting because that's that's where your money goes. It it literally funds the the coaches and the food the food that they provide. Um, very healthy food they provide for the kids when they come and and some equipment and, and all these things. It's very interesting to show up to this class and in my mind, it was, f- in my mind, the class was going to be full of these troubled young men that were just giving you attitude nonstop and spitting on the floor and just like yeah. yelling you, like yelling at you. I show up and they're like the most like fun, bright kids and they're just like, they're loving the sport and they, yeah. they, and I'm, I'm coming in and like trying to support them. And they're just like, they want to show off to me and like, 
um, it was it was really heartwarming. But that's that's where your money went to, and that's, that's so amazing. we really appreciate your support in that. So you're you're a, you're a big supporter of the downtown east side, and um, and uh, and women <laughs> and yeah. mothers, yeah. And man, I love that so much about yeah. about that. Um, we got to wrap up. Yep. <laughs> it's been about an hour, but um, I did want to ask you to wrap up as far as business goes. Mm-hmm. If people are starting their own business or they're aspiring to, or they just, or they're just curious, what are some of your tips? What are your top two tips as far as business goes? Um, I think one thing I found really valuable was, well, listening to podcasts. Yeah. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite podcasts, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, is How I Built This. Uh, no, not yet. Oh, okay, it's the best. So it's um, this guy, Guy Raz. He interviews like founders of huge, huge companies and their story, like the story behind it. And it's so inspiring because I think you have to He's just... doing what I'm trying to do. Exactly. Okay, I got to know You just have now. to realize that like every business was just started by a person mm-hmm. and there's always a struggle and there will always be a struggle. But, um, you know, if you keep at it, it's inevitable. I think that if you have the right thing that's genuine to you and like you're... I think if all your values are right, like it's inevitable that you'll be successful, like no doubt. So I think it's just fueling yourself with knowledge and information and just kind of figuring out like kind of what you want to do. And if you already know what you want to do, um, I guess my second tip is just to start. Um, If you want to brick, if you want to have a brick and mortar business, like you want to have a store, you need a business plan. Right. And it's the, I found it to be the boringest thing ever. I hated doing it, (laughs) but you need it. And I've needed it repeatedly. I've needed it for my commercial lease. I've needed it for like additional funding. I've needed it along the way so many times. If I didn't have that, like I wouldn't have my business. So I think, and it is such actually a good thing to have just to know that your business is solid. And it's so weird because I had to read back through it because I was just doing some stuff with it last week and everything in it came true. Wow. Down to the location. What? Down to the timeline and the dates. Everything. Wow. And I think it's it's this thing where you're writing this business plan and you're subconsciously like all your little decisions are like manifesting it into reality. But if you don't do it and you don't start, it's just going to become that thing like we were talking about before we were recording of like, I'll do it next week. I'm going to start. Just start today. Work on it for 10 minutes. Right. And just, just download it. I got the template from BDC. BDC website is actually a really great um, resource for any small business. Oh, what, so BDC.com? I think it is. Yeah, it's Business Development Canada. Okay. Um, and so they have a template on there. You, not everything's going to be relevant to every business, but you can tweak it. Um, but that's the template I used, and it's gotten me where I am so far. So it's, yeah. it works. It's the, it is a good template to use. And, um, yeah, and I guess it's not – it's like – I guess it's kind of a third tip, but um, just reach out to people who who you might know that own businesses. And um, I think people are more willing to share information than you might think. Right. And I was actually listening to a podcast the other day of like these people that were complaining about people asking them to go for coffee and stuff. And I, I really disagree. I think that I think if if you're in te- if you actually have intentions of doing something with that information, then I have no problem meeting people and like sharing my limited knowledge <laughs> um <laughs> well that's um, right when i asked you to, to come here you're just like yeah done no problem love to yeah it's yeah. important and you've done this four times now so it's fun though yeah. i like these yeah. and um i think that any opportunity where you can share um just even the information that you know to date um you, i would imagine valuable. it's a compliment 
right? Is that oh, how totally. You feel? Yeah. yeah, yeah. As long as, like I said, like people aren't wasting your time because if someone meets, there's nothing that irritates me more than when you invest like an hour of your time into someone and then they just don't do anything with it because you're just like, oh, I just like, I could use that time with someone else who would have like done something and mm-hmm. I'm just all about doing. Uh, that's always like one of my pet peeves is like, I know so many people who are like, I'm going to move, I'm going to move to Vancouver. And I'm like, are you like, <laughs> just do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you probably, cause you're also from Edmonton. Like people are always moving. They're always, but then they just don't do it. And I'm like, just don't say it. Like either like do things like say it and do it. And that's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my thing. So I always think reach out to people and yeah, you just have to start. Be a sponge. Yeah. 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 Absorbable. It's, there's so much free information. Who needs an education? I mean, I did just graduate last year, <laughs> finally. But um, yeah, you can uh, you can learn a lot from just people. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So, where can people find you? So, um, Callie's Instagram is at I Love Callie, and it's the same for Facebook. And we're on Twitter. Just started TikTok. Nice. The kids are saying it's hot right now. Yep, I started too. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah that's all i love callie l-o-v-e-q-a-l-i and then my instagram is janelle x bell okay and where's your shop i know oh, it's chinatown yeah, my shop is um just off main street in downtown downtown ish vancouver um we're just on main and east georgia okay yeah fantastic so i have one more question to wrap it up um i know you said you listen to a lot of podcasts i do what's what's your favorite podcast that's none of your business. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Janelle Bell, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. All right, see ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Nanya. Please share this episode with your network and shoot me a comment on Twitter at Skyler underscore Dietz or on our Instagram page at Nanya Podcast. So until next time, have a great day.